The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Believe me when I say being a woman is great, you see. I know that all the fellas out there would agree with me, not for being one, but for being with one. Because when it comes, when it's time for loving, it's a woman that gets some. Yelena? No. Strong, stepping, strutting, moving on, rhyming, cutting, and not forgetting. Ladies first. Wow. Okay. Oh man. No, no, it's a cadence. Now you say, yeah. No, it's just, sometimes the cadence throws me off. Like it's just like Biggie and little Kim lurks are a little easier to get than. That's why I didn't do. You dug in, you dug in the vaults a little bit for that one. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And be honest, I'm more of a Moni Love fan on that particular song. Cause that actually was Moni. That was. That's really bad. She really Stop. made it sound different. Stepping, yeah. strutting, moving on, rhyming, cutting, and not forgetting. See now you're putting the accent on it. It's like it's on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You got to you got to put the accent on it, and you got to say it like five times faster. Yeah. No, that's why you have to say it with this kind of. I appreciate it though, man. I appreciate it. Nah, nah, but know what? You did the right thing, though. That's what we're bringing in. Ooh, ladies first. Ladies first. I'm not in a singing mood. Hey, guys. This <laughs> <laughs> shit you might have missed with the usual suspects. This is T Rich. Uh, she of low energy today. <laughs> Sitting to my left is. High Bird. Slim Williams. Are you Eeyore? <laughs> Across from me is <laughs> Lee Bennett the Third, aka Da Vinci Parks. Coming to us live from somewhere is Hey Savage, and I just want to say Snuffleupagus with the most underrated Sesame Street character. Thank you, Chris. Oh, is that who that I never watched Thank Sesame you. Street? Yes, girl. I kind of feel like oh you God. know. I kind of doesn't know Hyper. I kind of feel like the count was skating by a lot of these years. <laughs> he is mm-hmm. like the original low energy, high energy. Oh. You know, unless you count Eeyore from... No, Eeyore was genuinely depressed. No, Voluptuous had joy. He just sounded unhappy. That is true. But you know, also in the beginning, (laughs) Big Bird was the only one who could see Snuffleupagus, and then that changed at some point. This is true. Well, because I think, you know, you can't have, you know, a bunch of 10-year-olds with imaginary friends, because, you know, if nobody can see Snuffleupagus, then we ain't got to acknowledge our imaginary friends to anybody. I feel like parents probably wrote in like, yo, the snuffle up this thing is kind of out of control. I need you to expose him for what he is. Speaking of exposing people for what they are, your black church leaders are trash. Mm. Oh, do tell. They decided to uh, drag their balls to the orange house <laughs> and... Scrape them. Yeah. Meet and with... Kate- Cape. We have John Gray, he of How a Woman Can Get Joe's Fame. Uh, Harry Bishop, who is local. He's from Beltsville. Alveda King, MLK's niece. And Daryl Scott, who I don't know if I saw this on Very Smart Brothers or The Root, but wherever it was, it pointed out he looks a lot like Brian Pumper. And now I can't <laughs> see it. Yes, they look got young. Wow. I can't. I, I just, Red them for blood. Yeah. I cannot unsee it. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. So, and Pastor Pumper had on. <laughs> Pastor Pumper. Pastor Pumper. Lord Jesus. Pastor Pumper had on the biggest orange cape saying that. Oh, he do it. Trump has done the most for black folks of any president. That he has ever known. Oh, that's the sound bite I heard. I heard that. I just didn't know who said it. It's like I told you, I've been kind of ducking media lately. John Gray did a, a prayer, and then he went on Don Lemon and was like, you know, I got this invitation, and my wife was like, don't do it. And I decided I was going to listen to my wife because I heard God telling me to do it. And I said, God, you want me to do this? And God was like, a show. 
And it was like, well, cool. I'm going to do it because you can't make change if you're not invited to the table. But you also can't make change if you're invited to the table and you can't speak. So there's that. So, yes, your black church leaders are absolute trash. All of them. All the ones that were invited and went. Yes, the ones that were invited and went. You know, I love the blacks. <laughs> I really love the blacks, and I just want to do as much as I can to make the blacks feel better. But, you know, you know many terrible, very, very terrible things in Chicago have happened to, on Hell Street in Chicago, where all the blacks live together, shooting one another right now. It's been a terrible thing. But I love the blacks, and some of the blacks voted for me. I just want to do what I can for the blacks. But my question to the blacks who be publicly seen with this nigga is that, like, ain't none of y'all benefited yet. All of y'all done had y'all motherfucking cards snatched. So, like, what What, what y'all keep going there for? How we learn from Omarosa? I was literally about to say that. Thank you, K. Savage. Omarosa, we can go straight from the White House back to re- low-grade reality TV. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality is there is no come-up for niggas off Trump, period. End no. of story. You know, I mean, Unless you're quiet. We've had enough people that have No, not even him. if you're quiet. I mean, the only, well, the only that lady who's heading up HUD in New York or whatever, she's been, she's been quietly collecting the check, and Ben Carson I guess has learned to keep his mouth shut. I think being I mean, quiet. But they've also both been revoked. On Star and Sapphire, and along with they're pretty Steve loud, Harvey, though. Yeah. Kanye. Oh, you don't forget your your, your, your former bull, Ray 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 Lewis. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. wasn't he canceled with murder? What were you saying, Chris? Jim Brown. Ben is the permanent token. He ain't never going to disgrace himself. He just wants to buy candy, some nice furniture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess being uh, anytime you have any. If you want to call it a commodity, if you want to call it currency, for better or for worse, you know, he may be an orange, you know, asshat, but just holding the office of president has currency. Like as soon as you get voted into that office, there is a currency that comes along with it. Or apparently before people like some people like. They can't get out of their own way if they feel like they're going to be able to, you know, get some sort of personal benefit out of any sort of associated with association with the president. All the president is doing is just spending the currency that he has that goes along with being the president for him is nothing. He's going to continue to have that currency until he's no longer president. So he's just spending it. You know, on anyone. He he doesn't care. He's been one of the most reckless presidents with presidential currency that I've ever seen. Sure, I'll sit down with Kim Jong Un. Um, sure, I'll just I'll sit down. You know, with our with I'll the, take a Tehran. soccer ball from Putin. The Iranians. Yeah, sure. I could like he just like I think past presidents they have recognized the value of what of what that is, and they just they didn't squander it the way he's just willing to do. So, so many people and for him is like he he squanders it because he doesn't understand the value of it. And the other people rush to take it because they think it's more valuable than it is because it is currency, but it's diminished because of who the president is. He doesn't have a lot of credibility. He doesn't stand behind his words. Doesn't matter lies, as long as he sits behind himself. it. As long as he yeah, sits in the Oval Office, it doesn't matter though. But he doesn't have the capacity to even do a lot of the things that he would even promise anybody that he would do behind closed doors. Well, apparently, he doesn't realize that he actually has to pass legislation. <laughs> like you know, he just needs to go do rallies. Just, just makes Twitter rants. He got one. I don't think he understands that president of the country is not the same as president of a company. And so this kind of like false equivalence between being able to run a company and being able to run a country that we've been hearing for 20 something years, you know what I'm saying? As businessmen with no government experience come in and try and take over the government on the you know premise of, oh, I run this company. So of course I can run, you know what I'm saying? This municipality. The reality is you don't have to compromise ever when you run a company if you don't want to, but you do have to compromise to run government. 
And so we got a whole bunch of people who don't actually understand how government works, that there is a process. The fact that, you know, being in the executive branch of government does not mean you get to make all decisions without, you know what I'm saying, checking in with anybody or that, you know, you get to be a tyrant. Like, and people think that you can be a tyrant in government the same way you can be at a company. And that's just not how this works. Especially when you think about like he, he, put back in the spotlight his comments about his son taking that meeting with mm. and completely changed what, what he and, originally and, said and the whole mm. the whole point was that he made the comment back you know a few months ago when he responded he was like anybody would have taken that meeting mm. per- career politicians who know how government work none of them would have taken that meeting not a <laughs> right. single one of them like they would have known. Maybe I mean, a, maybe an average person who doesn't know how this. Not works. even politicians. There are plenty of people like, who just work in government in general. That's just, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, not said, even politicians. He, he yeah. said anyone would have taken yeah, yeah. this meeting. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying just, I'm majority just back, of people what you're would saying. not have yeah. taken this meeting. Yeah. It's, it's it, he just he, but he does understand something. I think he does understand something. He understands and, that and the walls know, are closing in on him. That's well, what he understands. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He gonna fight that shit to the end, and I don't know that I he think, truly understands this, or I don't I know if this, I don't know if it's just like a, his technique. But I think he understands how money and power work in the private sector. Well, you I know? think he also understands that if you don't like the way something works, and you don't like the rules, you can either try to gracefully change the rules, or you can right. break it. <laughs> if you break the thing. You got to rebuild it. Exactly. And you can make it brand new the way you want it so to the, be. The, sometimes the easier way is just to break it. And I think he might be, he's like bull in the China, stop, China shop status as president. Just smash everything. What? We are the TV that he does not know how to get to turn on and off. <laughs> so he's just going to break it. He's going to break it. Trying to figure it out. Just get a new TV. What I will say is uh, the the longer he is in office, the more damage he does to the concept of the Republic of the United States and the democracy that has been, quote unquote, established uh, and, and the rules. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really just simple because not only is he doing things that fly in the face of the whole system of checks and balances, but he's he's actually tearing at the seams of things that. Well, people like to te- like to often go into the whole founding fathers things, like these gun rights jackasses, like to say, like Second Amendment, Second Amendment, and all that stuff, or whatever. When assault rifles didn't exist, but he's going back and tampering with things that go back literally to the founding of this country, and you're tearing at those things, like you're literally trying to create shit with church and state. Like, yo, there was a separation that was there for a reason, and you're literally you're you're feeding that fire to serve your own ends. You're literally like colluding as I see it. And this is my personal opinion. I've been clear about that. I'm 99% sure he was colluding with the government of Russia or whatever you want to call that shit before he became president. And if you're going to be colluding with somebody who's been a known adversary for many a year to work to your favor, whatever, and obviously I think they have some on them. That's my, my belief, whatever. That cannot benefit us as a people, cannot benefit our government, and quite honestly, it tears down our government. But, you know, all these people who just want to ride for him just because his racism allows them to either live out their, their, their best dreams or allows them to maybe get Roe versus Wade or get their one little thing on their wish list because they only know how to do one thing in politics. It's one item that they're going to vote for, not the whole litany of shit that matters, that makes us a better country. It works for them for now. But eventually that shit's going to blow up. That's how I see it. As soon as soon as somebody pass a law or rule that <laughs> my wife can't pick up something from the store without a permission slip from me, we gone. Look, we had a, a great conversation at an accidental brunch meetup yesterday, <laughs> and we have devised a plan that has been approved by an immigrant who had to flee a war-torn country. <laughs> told us that, the like, funny is they're not joking. No, nope. this no, is a this is, this is a true story. The actual story. My uh, and B, and she's like, you know, as a, someone who's had to flee a country, I like the way you guys are thinking. She said, I like the way you're going. You're covering all the stops. You're covering all the bases. And I think this could work. And on the real, like anybody who, 
talk to this person. I got a plan too. Yeah, <laughs> I, no shit. This is real talk. Cause yeah. like, as, as anybody who knows me and like, like for real knows me knows I've been developing a go bag for a minute, just in case you shit happens. Mention your go bag. Yeah, man, just in case shit happens. And it's just like a lot of people think of like war, and and this is a crazy thing. And and people in Russia were saying this like like two decades ago, or roughly thereabout. Saying they're gonna, they they're trying to win a war without firing a shot, and they don't have to. The way our country is set up. They centralize our fucking food production. They shut down the way we used to like actually grow things and export them, and we bring all that shit in. You know what I'm saying? So you're having trade wars with the people that supply you food. Then you centralize where you actually like farm your meats and shit. If that shit gets shut down, if your grid gets shut down, we saw what happened when New York got shut down in a power outage over a, over a night. Imagine that shit across the country, across like half a half a continent. The fuck, man! Like y'all better start waking up, man. I'm start. I'm going to say that we should all start frequenting our local farmers market because you market because you know who is secretly quiet as kept, same doomsday prepper who is waiting. You know what I'm saying for shit like this to go down. You got the half a cow in your freezer, don't you? <laughs> the farmer, the, but but the farmer at your local farmers market, them motherfuckers are self sustainable. They don't just grow food for y'all. You know what I'm saying for us to buy. They also stockpile that food and they eat on that all year long so they know how to can they know how to you know what i'm saying pickle they know how to do all of these things because when you farm you know what i'm saying on a local level when you farm to be able to feed your family and other people produce and things like that the reality is you preserve a lot of that food you know that you grow in the spring and the summer and even in the winter months to get you through you know what i'm saying so they're on a cycle you know what i'm saying and then not only that but like your local farmer is the source of food when centralized food production stops and it's, it's limited because local farmers don't have the same resources because a lot of these Corporate, corporate conglomerates have been working tirelessly to shut down farming and bend it to their will and break people and take their land. And yeah, so it's getting real. Like, yo, this is all a ploy, in my opinion. Now I'm getting to some sound like Alex Jones, but this is a ploy to make people more dependent and more, more uh, compliant in case shit goes wrong. I mean, I, I don't, my opinion. I don't think, and it's good to be prepared. And I don't never want to sound like Alex Jones. Sorry. It's good to have go bags and it's good to, you know, it's good to be prepared in case something goes down suddenly. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is the things usually don't go down suddenly. What usually happens is it's like, I I, I know I I may be the, I'm not the only Star Wars fan in the room, but I'm probably the most uh, rigorous Star Wars fan in the room. And uh, one of the very, very terrible Star Wars movies. Uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. When when Palpatine became Emperor, you know they were they were trying to or uh, Chancellor Chancellor Palpatine became Emperor. Emperor, I can't talk right now. Um, you know they voted to give him emergency powers. They voted away their own democracy. How they did in Turkey? How they how they how how Erdogan in Turkey exactly. has totally you know what I'm saying chipped away at everything. The reality is. Shit happens so fast and then so slow that people don't know what's going on. Yep. Nobody in Crimea knew that Putin was rolling in with tanks. Nobody in Syria thought that the violence was going to continue. They thought that they was going to get that shit under control. Pay attention. For the last 10 years, we have watched stable governments crumble overnight and people in the especially in the elite are completely caught off guard. That's why they still there stuck in their countries because the reality is the shit happens so fast for so slow. And then so fast that like people don't know what's going on. Cause you live in your everyday life. You know what I'm saying? And before you know it, your president of your country has completely taken away, you know what I'm saying? All democratic uh, powers and y'all living under a permanent state of emergency. The only way for the, for the few to control the many, is for the many to be complicit in some capacity and yeah. control. If you, if you so start limiting, you start limiting resources that they have. Like, look at Greece a few years ago. Them, them Bamas couldn't get their their own money out of their banks, which is on fire now, by the way. <laughs> there are many places around the world that are that are just on fire. Like, it's just like there used to be seasons for fires, and and now like. Uh, just burns. They, 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 they just they fire burn. They murder the Venezuelan president. The Venezuelan president. With the drones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting real out here, y'all. Venezuela's been fucked up for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but there's a there's a 
there's a shining light in all this that I would like to talk about. If you guys don't mind talking about something positive for a second. Why? If you feel like it's positive. Well, we always like to start out with, you know, the, the negative and then lift them, lift them up. And then go positive. You tear them down. And then yeah, we got to give them. We got we, we to talk about it. Just so, but can, we, can you hold that? Because I, I, I don't know how positive this is going to go. And I want to bring it back down. <laughs> Is I, it possible? I will say this based on my the square of people I'm with. I don't need you. There's no guarantee that it's going to be positive or it's going to be received positive. Okay, all right. But, but go go ahead. No, no. Well, I, I mentioned it briefly um, um, when I picked you up or whatever. But there are a couple interesting things that I that I've heard on uh, satellite radio that I don't know if it made it to mainstream radio because again I've been avoiding a lot of mainstream media for for a little while now. Just just I needed to take a break. So, um, Ving Rhames was sitting in his own house when police uh, came to his door. I think they entered his house uh, because they, they, they thought that he broke into his own house uh, because a neighbor anonymously called, or so she thought, uh, anonymously called and said that, you know, it's a big black man, you know, trying to break into a house or whatever. That's Trying one. to break into Ving Rames' house. Yeah, that's one. Uh, the police officers didn't recognize who yes, he was. Yes, she said there's a poli- there's a big black man trying to break into Bing Rames' home. If Just- I ever move into a neighborhood where people might be inclined to think I don't live there, I promise you there will be a big ass in black, red, and green sign that says niggas live here. Don't call the cops if you see niggas at the door. <laughs> That's one way to solve it. Okay. Niggas live here. Don't call cops if you see niggas at the door, in the yard, or anywhere within a hundred feet of this property. Niggas live here. Cause I feel like, bitch, you know you live next door to a black man. I know you do. My my might say brown people live here, but I like the idea. Yeah, yeah. In <laughs> principle, like yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's I'm just a strong. I, I, feel like, I feel like you need to be very specific because if you say brown people, they might start thinking that you're like Mexicans like or some yeah, other yeah, yeah. illegal. And so it's then you got. I, I might just go with black people. I, 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 I might just go black people. All the way uncomfortable niggas live here. That that would make me uncomfortable when I pull it up. Like I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, the other one was uh, I would come home and look at my own flag and be like, "Nigga, why you put that up?" Like, <laughs> no, because you live in it. And, and then, <laughs> you you might say that, and then you would be, you know what I'm saying, walking to your mailbox with your car keys in your hand, and Becky across the street and Susan, her grandma, be looking at you all cross-eyed, like, "I don't know, should 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 we call the police?" And then you, you can point, point at the, to the sign. sign and be like, "Niggas <laughs> live here." Well, don't forget, I'm incredibly. Uh, Did you not see the red, black, so they probably, and green flag waving? Could you just put a, a sign with your face in the yard? Like, yeah, I, I own just, this I bitch. Just, I just put a sign with my face. I just put a flag. I own my this face bitch. On. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's need. good enough. Cause will that cover the the niggas that don't look like you? They won't be calling the cops. They, they won't be know the difference. The I own this bitch, and then everybody that look like me, they'd be like, "Hey, girl, hey. come here to see me." What I don't know. I don't. We'll we'll work on it. The other thing is, so Sean King. Uh, reporter, writer, activist. Uh, apparently, uh, a, a neighbor decided uh, that she would report falsely to Child Protective Services that he and his wife abandoned their three kids and allowed them to do drugs. So a Child Protective Services agent showed up unannounced to his building and was demanding to get in to see his children. Um, yeah, just like, just out of nowhere. So all that to say... What happens to her? Well, this is what I was again because we've had this conversation already. Um, all this to say that there's obviously a thing for calling the police, but now it's getting into like, okay, now we're going to use police to like, you know, fuck with people's kids. And we've seen it happen with like the government doing it. So why can't we do this on a smaller scale level, a more uh, micro level? I just think that, uh, uh, we we need to be more vigilant for the bullshit because I feel like this this is going to perhaps take other shapes, forms, or fashions, man. And I don't think it's cool at all. But it's I just right. thought folks should be aware that I mean, because I mean that's as low as you can get. And I really do think that something should happen. No, it's not the lowest you can get. Is the man that murdered the girl? It's not the lowest. Well, no, you're right. And fair. Severely injured her sister on what was yeah. it the yeah. train in San Francisco on the Bart Station. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing to remember is that this is not new shit. <laughs> Nope. This it's is not. This no. is regression. Yeah. We're just going back to a previous point We're in history. Making America great again. Yeah, where where any like common citizens could just do this to people of color. 
they could just do it and there was no consequence for them. Or or or, right or, or, or just the, we the undesirables, you know. This yeah. this is a popular thing, you know, in in Rome, you know, like you know, these these Jewish folks, like, oh, we, we want their land, so we'll just say that they're Christian or followers of the way at the time and take their land. Yeah, this is people Interesting should, shit, man. People should remember, this is, there was a time when the things that are either happening now or on the cusp of happening now were already happening. And we're just repeating that history is what's happening right now. I just want to. Haven't gotten all the way back there, but we're on our way. Oh, you got to look on your face. I want to give a shout out to the the lady that was protesting the death of, was it the boy that got shot in Pittsburgh or Minneapolis? Somewhere. I don't know. Unfortunately, it's too many black people getting shot. But they were protesting. And Karen with the white rage came up and decided she was going to pull this protester's Picket sign out of her hand, and the universe, God Himself, spoke to this protester, the, much in the same way he spoke to John Gray. And God said, Actually, what you won't do. And Karen, with the white rage, received a four piece, and she was about to get a biscuit, but somebody stopped her. So she caught all of the hands. They were fast. They were furious. It was like a movie, the fast and the furious. So we just, I just want to give a shout out to her. Cause then that's fire. The lady, the lady walked away like, I did nothing wrong. I didn't do anything. And she was sitting down and she was crying and she was very distraught that she caught these hands. Folks love to throw rocks and hide their hands. And and I just want to say that we should use Karen as an example that like all of us do not have forgiveness. In our hearts, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of us are forgiving as we are being wronged, you know what I'm saying? And some of us are planning riot and revolution, you know what I'm saying, after the apology has been issued. So I just feel like, you know, keep fucking with people. Because the reality is all respectable Negroes don't hang with respectable Negroes, you Hmm. know what I'm saying? So you keep that up and you'll find out that somebody who made it into respectability comes from someplace really fucking gully. And the reality is, you know what I'm saying? If you come from someplace really fucking gully, you may not have control over the motherfuckers who want to come to your defense. Keep calling people to see where that gets you. Because you're going to fuck with the wrong person one day. Something positive from Slim. <laughs> no, I, I actually I feel like that's positive. You know no, I, I didn't say it wasn't. I, that was that was a segue, is what I was doing. It's transitioning. He's just not as good as as I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> Go I'm ahead, not. Slim. Share. But I never I never said I was. You guys, you guys. Uh, so, LeBron James. Let me just say. That I really like this guy. Now, I've always liked LeBron James as a person. I haven't always been, let's say, a big fan of LeBron James as a basketball player. But there's been a very specific reason for that. Are you a Wizards fan? There was a time in the playoffs when the Wizards were playing Cleveland on a regular basis. Yeah. And uh, I remember the pain. Gilbert Arenas was shooting some free throws, and uh, LeBron James went over and whispered something to him. We don't know what LeBron James said to Gilbert Arenas, but he walked up to him between free throws which and has said it. Never been done. He said that to him, and he walked away. And then Gilbert Arenas rolled his eyes and shook his head. And from that moment forward, Gilbert Arenas was never the same basketball player. <laughs> LeBron James broke Gilbert Arenas. Maybe he just said, and I'm just, I'm, here I'm not there. happy with that. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just, that's just a little, little context to say that um, I'm very clear on my feelings about LeBron James. But I always have respected LeBron James as a talented basketball player. And that situation with the Wizards aside, that, he, there was more than one. I, we, we won't go into that. Well, well right. that, yeah, that's just, I don't want to get bogged down because yeah. that's not the essence of the point. When, I do. When that situation with the Wizards happened. I I let that go when he decided that he was going to leave Cleveland and go to Miami. I was one of the few people around me (laughs) that I was talking to. I was like, uh, I I don't see the problem with this. I I think, you know, this, he, he has used his talent to garner opportunity and a little bit of power, uh, to control his own destiny. And I think he should be able to do that. So he went to Cleveland. He got some wins, got some rings, came back home. 
triumphant hero story. He has continued to generate revenue. And over the course of his career, he has become more and more socially outspoken using his currency that he is accumulating as a public figure, spending it on people who need support and need to be helped. And finally, even though he has changed, he's changing teams again and going to going to Los Angeles because basketball, though he loves it and has a passion for it, is a job and is a career for him. And he is seeking the methods to be most successful at his job. He loves Akron, Ohio. He loves the people in Akron, Ohio. And this mofo has opened a school. He has not only opened a public school, but he has put mechanisms in place to try to ensure funding for years to come. People, children who go to this school are like going to have college paid for. Like he, this was like a comprehensive educational movement that he put together. You talk about putting your money where your mouth is. By the time it goes down in history, LeBron James is already considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He will be considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But I am way more impressed by what he has done with the agency he's garnered in his life. He's choosing to use it to help people and in his way, make the world a better place. And I think if everybody with some money followed that example, the world would be a much better place than it is now. He's actually doing, and just to kind of like piggyback off of that, it's not just the the children in the community. It's the like the community. So yeah, yeah. It's the parents. Like he's putting parents things in place programs. for the parents. Yeah, this is um, a school, but he's keeping a Providing home. breakfast, lunch, yep. snacks, transportation, bikes, helmets. Bikes. Oh, dude. And it's, it's one of those things like they're going to be in school for like it's a job. It's like like they get out at five. <laughs> they, they go like like it's like eight to five or some shit like that. It's like they're gonna be there, and, and they're gonna be done. And they they're signing a contract. They're saying that the I promise isn't just a catchy name. It's a contract saying they they agree to do X, Y, and Z. They agree to like you know strive for greatness. They they agree to like be like good community members. They agree to be good students and. You know, I think that's that's good helping helping them to understand that weird thing called accountability that we as a country can't seem to latch on to. So I think it's dope too. It's almost like we don't have a Department of Education. <laughs> Shit, if we had more people being responsible like this, we wouldn't have as much hey, need for one. She had a rough couple of weeks. Someone stole one of her boats. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone stole one of her yachts. Yeah, that's Bessie more accurate. DeVos. Bessie DeVos. Fuck that bitch. I mean, it's a sad, sad day for your country when an, an NBA superstar has done more for the nation's uh, educational system than the secretary of education for the entire country. Country. I'm gonna be real, like this. Secretary this. I'm gonna be real. This this singular move shines brighter than a lot of. Secretaries of Education, like Arnie Duncan, you know, tried to make some things happen. I give him that, but I mean, no, like, huh? No, he didn't. <laughs> okay, I'm, like, you, I'm, you, you talk to the talk to the people of Chicago and Philadelphia and any other city that he has gone in and brought that school reform trash to. How they feel about Arnie Duncan? Not only that, but this is a man who has spent his whole career trying to dismantle public schools while sending his children to Christian private schools. Fuck him. Oh, there we go. If you don't send your children to the public school systems that you run, you ain't shit. I can't disagree with that statement. What was the joint we had in uh in DC? That joint, um it was a story in DC recently. Somebody was the head of uh, I cannot remember his name. Never mind. I'm not going to fully bring the story up because I can't remember all. Yeah, that happens. There's so much shit that happens. I can't remember anything anymore. It was a very similar story, like, and it was a scandal, and the dude ended up having to uh, step down. The last three, the last three folks in like um, DC have had to step down because he like he including Fenty's ex. Oh, he was he was trying to he was trying to get his his child into a specific school. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. He just jumped ahead of the line. He jumped him ahead of line. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so the enrollment scandal where all these top level DC officials either weren't living in DC mm-hmm. and had their children going to magnet schools. So not even just that you got them going to DC public schools, but you got them jumping the line for schools that got lists and tests for people to get into because you're a DC government official. And by the way, you don't live here, so you stealing. Some of them owe hundreds of thousands of dollars in tuition to the district. Because if you are not one of these high level people and, you know, if I'm living out here in Maryland and I decide I want to send my child to school in D.C. and I get caught, that's the same thing they say. You're stealing and you owe X amount of money. Right. D.C. is about trying to make you pay that coin, though. At every level. I, I think all of these are examples, good examples and bad examples. At every level, you garner a certain level of privilege and it comes with currency. And how you spend it determines what impact you're going to ultimately have on the social organism. You know, LeBron James doing that with those kids and those families in that community. Like if you think if you see the problems in society as social diseases, which, you know, I think any psychological professional will probably agree with that assessment. Right. If this is social disease, then this society is an organism and you treat the disease by treating the cells and the cells are those kids and the cells are, you know, the parts of those cells, the the organs, you know, they're composed. Those are their families, you know, and the organ, the, the systems, the respiratory systems and all that. Those are the communities and you treat those cells. It proliferates. You know, but you got to have more people. LeBron James ain't going to fix the whole thing by himself. Nah. You know, but I, I, I would I would also like to say this. I think that some of the things that LeBron James does, and I can't believe I'm going to do this on air, but I, I think it's important to say because I've said this in conversation. But some of the things that I, I really appreciate about LeBron James is that he kind of flies in the face of what a lot of athletes tend to do in terms of when I get money and success and we'll just say currency mm-hmm. because that's the terminology we're using for the day. Uh, I feel like this is Pee Wee's Playhouse and everybody needs to yell. But, <laughs> so uh, for his currency, whatever, a lot of athletes, when they get that 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 certain level of currency, whatever, they, they take care of their team, quote unquote. They, they put their people on or whatever, quote unquote. But they don't put themselves, they don't put their team, quote unquote, in a position as I see it to actually win long term. Because the way they tend to build it, it becomes an upside down pyramid where everything is dependent upon this one person to provide this 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 uh, access to resources and and whatever else comes with it. LeBron literally took his boys that he trusted and like, yo, I'm gonna put you in positions where you can manage my career. We are gonna get this money together. He's doing the same thing with his community, and this is the type of things that I think really needs to be taken into consideration. Smaller type of level thing, and not. And I'm not trying to play it down or anything like that. But like, Ludacris had a friend, rapper Ludacris had a friend, and he put his boy into cooking school. And like, yo, now that's his personal chef. If you want to look out for people on a personal level, or you want to look out people for on a community level, these are the type of things you do. You put people in a position where they get skill sets, they get opportunity, they get access to real shit where they can actually control their own destiny to some degree, instead of making them dependent upon shit. And I feel like I'm sounding like a a, a Republican. Like I'm a stop. Well, I think it just comes down to some people have vision and some people don't. Yeah. You know, but vision is something that I think comes with. You know, it's inborn. You know, and it can be. You know, also you know further awoken with exposure. But the reality is, people who don't have vision just don't have vision. It mm-hmm. No matter how much money you have, yeah. or how many how many resources you have access to directly or are adjacent to. If you don't have the vision, you just don't see it. Right. But I mean, I, I just appreciate that, you know, he, he's been vocal for a minute. Like, yep. I remember he gathered his team after Trayvon Martin died and the team collectively made a statement. And it's because he gathered them and they they, they fell in line behind him. Like, yo, we're going to make the statement together. And I just, I appreciate that uh, they're not just him. I've seen Chris Paul be vocal. I've seen Dwayne Wade be vocal. I've seen other people in the NBA be vocal. And I'm wishing that Batman's in the NFL outside of a couple people would be more vocal about it. Because I really think when you stop, like, you know, never mind, I'm stopped. You get the point. All right. Well, no, I think it's vocal, but I also feel like his foundation has people who are actually doing research. 
So it's not just, oh, there's a money, let's throw, there's a problem, let's throw some money at it. It's, oh, there's a problem. What do the experts say about how we actually fix this problem? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, his approach to this public school is a completely comprehensive approach that people in education and family, um, who deal with family support and everything like that have been saying for years, you can't give all of these things to children and not support the families that they come from, Mm -hmm. because it's no good if all they have is, you know what I'm saying? Heaven at school. And then they go home, you know what I'm saying? To, you know, like the The same conditions. And it's a fucking war zone. Right. Exactly. So, you, children need to be supported 24-7, not just in school because it makes us feel good, mm-hmm. you know. And so this is real 24-7 support. But real research and thought went into this, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like not a lot of people research and think about where they spend their philanthropic dollars, you know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. think about, you know, either this is a cause I love and I love this organization and they gave a great banquet or, you know what I'm saying, they think about this will make me look good because mm-hmm. let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Ph- ph- philanthropy is as much for many people of, you know, um, a press release as it is, you know, a, a, an attempt to re- do real good. Yeah. I mean, and I agree with what you were saying. Um, I think another instance of something along the lines of what LeBron James was doing is the school in Harlem. I can't remember what it was, what, what it's called. But, oh, uh, the Harlem Children's Home. You know what I'm talking about. Like they, uh-huh. they start them from like from the time they're in kindergarten and said, we're going to keep your kids from K through 12. They see the same teachers from the time they're in kindergarten to the time they graduate high school in the same environment, the same standards, the same rules, the same community around them, pushing them and demanding excellence. And when you do that type of thing, man, it works. So I just, I think. But they also provide a lot of parental support. I don't think it's as much as what um, I Promise is doing, but they also provide a, a fair amount of at-home parental support. I, I, no, I think, I think that's a very valid point. Um, I just I just think these are the type of things that can honestly lead to real change. And we were uh, talking about LeBron James school, not in depth, as in depth as this week. But um, I, I thoroughly believe this type of impact in 10 or 15 years that they stay the course and they actually follow through with this, whatever. This is the type of shit that can change an entire like zone or region. In terms of like building leaders, it's not just like one or two people that are going to get out and be able to change things. It's like an entire community and go out and like network and grow together and do things, you know. So I think it's, I think it's really dope. I'm really optimistic about it, but you know, I'm just, I want to sit back and watch and see what happens too. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really positive about it. And, uh, and you know, look, hat, like, like I said, hats off to LeBron James, but even in a, in a, greater level to even uh agree with christy even stronger um you know currency goes beyond how much money you have we all have a certain amount of currency that we can spend i don't in this area uh, and it might not be money it might be your time you know what i'm saying it might be the types of relationships that you're trying to foster and we all can spend that currency better you know, last night we uh we just had we were having family dinner, um, just a few of us. And uh Lee's nephew was there and my daughter was there and you know, we we were just talking to talking to the young folk about things that they can do to, you know, if they have desires, if they have dreams, they have things they want to achieve, you know, just spending that time talking to them, it helps build the relationship, it helps them feel comfortable talking to us. You know, maybe they'll come to us and ask us questions if we lay that foundation, you know, that they know they can speak to us. It was really gratifying for me, too, because my daughter was the youngest person at the table. And she was dropping She was gems. dropping dimes. She was dropping she gems. Was just dro- she was dropping never the gold at the table. <laughs> my, my daughter, even when, when, even when my daughter is the youngest person at the table, she is the <laughs> oldest person at the table. No doubt about that. Because my daughter is 95 years old. In her she, spirit. She she's a 95-year-old she anime gonna, addict. So, so, she's going to so, grab both sides of that house coat and tell you how cold it is. That's so, how old So, ladies and gentlemen, just as, as real quick, and shout out to Nay. How you doing, babe? Uh, how you doing? So, uh, as... When she was not even like barely three years old, she had a headache for some reason. I don't know why three year olds have headaches, but she had a headache and she literally, it's like the holidays. She literally like announced, like, okay, I have a headache. I'm going to take a nap. And she put herself to sleep. I've never seen a child at that age put themselves to sleep. And when she was done with her nap, she woke up and announced that she felt better and she was going to go play with the children. So 
from that age, we knew like, yo, she's not, she's 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 from a different time and place. Yeah. My, so, my kid is ancient. She come downstairs. Like <laughs> she come downstairs with her house coat on. We didn't give her any house coats. We gave her robes, but she's so old. Somehow they've been transformed into house coats. I don't know how that works. And she'll come downstairs and she'd be grabbing the size of it. They don't have the little little thing to tie it together. Yeah, she got right. this little hunch in her back. I'm like, where this hunch come she from? She has something on her head, your like bones, a bonnet. She wears bonnets. Bones are sometimes. so young. Like you she don't have osteoporosis eyes, yet. Like, What's going? She'd be like, guys, because that's what she calls on. us. Guys, I'm gonna make some tea. You guys want some tea? It's so cold in here. I'm like, yo, did you? She was doing. She was 12 years old. I'm like, why are you coming downstairs? It's cold. Making tea. Well, you're 12 years old. But but yes, I would like some tea since you're making it. Go ahead, go ahead and make me some tea. I, I appreciate yeah. that. So yeah. It's so thoughtful. Dropping dimes <laughs> at the table. So it, it was good. It, it was good that, that I could see my little cousin, like, you know, dropping dimes and like giving information to her older cousin, you know what I mean, to help hopefully lift him up or whatever, who's going through, you know, a thing right now, you know, life. Relationships are what it's all about. Yeah. And I, I, I will simply say this. I have no, I've never been shy about this. But however any other individual would gauge where I am in my life, I will simply say, I know where I came from and I know where I am right now. And the divergence between those two places is great. All right. I did not get here by myself. I did not get here alone. I did not achieve. You didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I I didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps. I didn't have boots or straps when I was young. I didn't have either. You know what? But I had a strong mother who would do would move heaven and earth to for opportunities for me. And she started me on a road of being able to build relationships. And every opportunity I got was because somebody had a relationship and they they leveraged that relationship for an opportunity for me. And yeah, once you get the opportunity, you got to show and prove. But. If you don't have the opportunity, you know, sometimes even getting the opportunity could be the difference between a person who has a relationship and a person who doesn't have the relationship. So, yeah, study. You know what I'm saying? Get your game up. Get your mind right. Get your skills sharpened. Prepare yourself. But build relationships. Don't neglect the building of relationships. And ultimately, that's what's going. That's what's going to bring like all of us together. Another thing Christy said that um, that I agree with is. The, the comprehensive approach that LeBron has to this, developing this school will have this impact because it's really difficult to move forward and leave people behind. That's the big reason why a lot of people who have talent and have skill get trapped where they are. Because they're trying to go being, back and pull yeah, everybody back with them with limited resources and knowledge for the community, and it's difficult to leave them. Richard Wright can't stop talking about how hard it is to leave where you come from behind. But if somebody can take the initiative and build that place while they while they're building those people, I mean, it could just be. I'm excited for it. I hope it's successful. Look, look. All I can say is this again. I have a slightly different perspective than a lot of people because I've actually not only been a student for a good part of my life, but also taught. So I looked at things slightly differently, but I will simply say that the effort that LeBron James has put forth for this is not something he had to do. And the fact that he had it in his heart to do is is something to be applauded. And I feel like this is like a brick in the pyramid, man. You got to build your own legacy, build your own pyramid. Yo, man. Like, so even just the, the effort, the attempt at this, man, is is applaudable. I just want to see it, like, you know, return dividends in a, in a, in a positive manner. And I'll say this as well, because life is not always rosy. It's not always sunny. And sometimes you hit bad times. There have been rough spots in my life. Relationships have saved me in those times as well. Being able to leverage the people who care about me and love me and are invested in my success to be there for me in a time when things weren't going so great. So relationships are just good all around and you got to pay it forward. It's not just like making relationships because of what you can get out of it. It's building relationships because it's supposed to be a reciprocal thing. Every unique person has something to offer. I believe that's why you're here. You know, I don't know if it's, you know, I'm not a religious person, you know, so I don't I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's the universe. I don't know whatever have you. But I believe every person has something to offer. 
the world, the community, in a good family way. in a good way. Yeah. And I believe if you build relationships, everybody gets an opportunity to offer what they have to other people and receive what other people have to offer in exchange. But you can't build it unless the relationship is there. All right. So I yeah. have one more thing okay. since we have been speaking pretty Heavily frequently. Oh, no. Okay. I'm sorry. Can I finish? Yeah, Would I'm you like done. to finish I'm, for me? I'm backing away from Let the mic. finish, Kanye. Oh. Thank you. Since we've been speaking pretty regularly about uh, toxic masculinity and problematic men, I wanted to kind of flip the script this week. Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm not sure what team they play for, but they're baseball players. And there was a video recorded of them where um, Acuna was being comforted or hugged. I mean, it originally came out that Acuna found out his mom died in the middle of a baseball game, which was not true. Oh, okay. It was not true. It was just that these two men are friends. They are from the same country. They've been on, they're playing on the same team. They're close in real life. And it was just a moment where it was two men just expressing intimacy, which is like a problem. It made people so uncomfortable. It made them very uncomfortable. Not and sure. It gave me all the joy. And right. The I'm not sure why. I very, I very much appreciated it. Um, it was, it was a hug between two friends. It was a hug, and one, uh, Ozzy Albies was rubbing Acuna's back, and it was a, it was a, a moment of softness and tenderness and intimacy that frightens people for whatever reason, and they had to come up with some. How masculine was he rubbing his back? They had don't do this whole tip. Okay. They had <laughs> since you asked I mean, me to point it, it out, like, but yeah. I they, think the reason why they probably came out with the rumor that his mother died is because it was so mm-hmm. it was so intimate and it mm-hmm. was so tender and it was such a moment that the average American couldn't actually fathom that that's just how people live their lives. Mm. It's too much tenderness. And it, it I really mean, was. It was and Having worked in a psych hospital before, and there is between now, generally, not a hundred percent because some people nasty, but generally there's no, you know, a lot of there isn't a lot of contact between the staff and the patients. You know, you might give somebody a fist pound to say hi, but when you think about just touch and you know, if someone shakes your hand or someone hugs you or you know you're having a difficult day and someone rubs your back, you know, the idea of just someone touching you is 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 so profound and mm-hmm. so important Connectivity. and right and so the people the fact that people felt so uncomfortable that they had to create this narrative of like no 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 they're not just hugging because they're friends this is what happened and i appreciated that Okuni came out and was like nope that's not what happened my mom is still alive don't spread that rumor it was just two friends hugging yeah i mean i look i know being a man I know that I have my struggles, like being being socialized as a cisgendered, you know, hetero, you know, just the heteronormative construct of a person. I have my issues, you know, but I, I, I feel like every day I just try to work to do my part to break a little bit of that paradigm. And it's piece by piece because when you've been socially conditioned to see things from a certain perspective and believe things a certain way, it's not, it's just, it's not easy. But the only way to do it is to do the work. The only way to really, really respect women and see them as equals is to do the work and to challenge yourself. You know, the only way to, to see, you know, the only way to see the LG, LBTQI GG LGBTQI is to just recognize is that, isn't the there another humanity initial name? LGBTQIA of so everybody. Yeah. What's the A4 now? Asexual. Asexual. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I, I maybe sense. aromantic. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 am just saying that it, it takes work. It takes work, and you have to recognize that it's work that's needed. You know, to look, we're we're taught as men not to express. And if you're taught not to express fear and you're taught not to express tenderness, 
then it manifests in you not expressing a whole lot of things properly, mm-hmm. not expressing love properly. I now, think you express, you, but you express you still, in a destructive the thing, way. You still feel. Yeah, yeah. But you so, express in a destructive way a lot I'm of times. Getting to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and even just your identification of what that emotion is. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I yeah. But I also think that, you know, one of the things that we don't talk about in this country and is that, you know, people need to be touched. You know, human beings are pack animals, you know, much Mm -hmm. like wolves, you know, or dogs. You know, we have a need to be touched. And there actually is a thing called skin hunger if you don't touch other people enough. And I think that, you know, we really undervalue, you know, the biological importance of cuddling, you know, and touching people that you love with affection. Like, it's not just, oh, that's a nice thing to do. Like, we need to be touched. And I think that, you know, one of the most important things that people fail to realize about human beings is that you can have all the food and water and clothing and shelter in the world, but if you don't get touched, you could actually die. Human babies who don't get touched enough, who have, you know, who are warm and fed and all of that will die because they don't get touched enough. And so I think that in this culture as a byproduct of toxic masculinity, we don't actually talk about the importance of human touch and that it is a biological need, you know, um, and and that is why, you know, people seek out intimacy, you know, from any place that they can get it, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this culture where intimacy is frowned upon, because the reality is it's a basic human need. You know, it's not, you know, something fluffy or, you know, it's not optional. It's not a luxury. We need to have, you know, affection given to us and we need to be able to give affection to people. Um, because that's what it means to be human. So I want to piggyback on on what everybody's been saying, and I think it's a good point. I will, I will do it in a serious way. Um, I think that also illustrates the importance of how, and I'm, this is a very small point, but how something like putting somebody in solitary confinement can quickly like break somebody's break somebody down or isolating somebody can break somebody down. Whether you do it in a prison cell or you do it you know, in a school where, you know, you consistently, you know, shun somebody or break somebody down, it can cause them to, to like withdraw into themselves. And I think also what you were saying about uh, males being conditioned a particular way to not be able to identify their emotions or to be able to revel or express their emotions, whatever, it can also cause us as human beings to perhaps misidentify, mislabel how we value and how we express our emotions. So the things that we do um, can be self-destructive and destructive to others because we don't ex- exactly know how to to feel. Literally, we don't know how to feel. And it can cause us, again, like Chris said, to, to look to find those connections. And sometimes the way we find those connections can be harmful to ourselves or harmful to others, you know, so people can do things that psychologically we know or intellectually we know is wrong or have some understanding that is not healthy, but because we don't have another way to find that joy, we haven't made that connection in a healthy way, we can do those things. So sometimes people can, can, uh, yeah. And thus, war. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was getting to. And thus, pillage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think ultimately the idea is... We find ways for some reason to deny and to uh, devalue each other's humanity at so many different levels. Mm -hmm. And by doing these things, by saying don't feel this way because it's not appropriate or don't think this way because it's not acceptable, it causes people to be pained and to be broken in some way. And I think that thing can cause us to all you know, as a society, because we supposed to like work together and we don't because of these things. So, or we find other people that are broken and, you know, we repeat cycles and shit. So I think, I think all that was good, good stuff. So expressing love. I would have said it better if I was Takia though. Expressing love. Say it smart, Takia. She would have had the right Say it in a smart way. Yeah. She would have said it in like a voice. It would have been like a British accent. She would have had like clinical terms. Yeah. 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 It was sounding all like high fluting and stuff. Nobody trying to come in here. And be Make me sound good, Tiki. Make me sound good. Being all intelligent. This weekend, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Someone did a mural. 
of Dak Prescott. He needs a mural. And they fashioned. Yeah, he does need a a hug. And it was as if he were the character from Get Out. He was like (laughs) frozen with the eyes and the tears. And yeah, if you don't know what he said last week. Now is not the time for protest. If you want to protest, you need to find another way and another venue to protest. That is a paraphrase, but that's pretty much the tone. And I will just continue to say definitively that, uh, you know, I, I started protesting the NFL right off the break. Like as soon as as Cap started having his issues in the NFL, if we want to keep it one hundred, be nutritious about this, the NFL's had problems for a long time. These mofo's running around with conduct concussions, blowing up on their families because all this brain damage, and the NFL just con- continues to try to sweep the research under the under the rug. It's been problematic for a long time. It's, the race issues come to a head, and then they start telling mofos that if they are taking a knee, they're the problem. Now the league is like has a rule hmm. that you can't take a knee. Now understand. Oh, you can take a knee, but you a, just have to a, do it in the locker room. As a private organization, you are within you are within your rights to set those rules as a private organization. But as a private citizen. I'm within my rights to not support your organization. So I'm done with the NFL. I've not watched a single football game for not a game, not yeah, a like play, not a not, down. Let me tell you something. I was a football as far as sports goes. Football was my first love. It's the first sport I played. It was a sport I was best at, and I loved football. And as a fan of football growing up, I've been dedicated to the sport of football. Supporting it avidly. And that's over. I'm done. I mean, the changes that are necessary within that organization are so great. And, you know, I feel for the players because they're just doing what they've known. And and this sport has, you know, provided them livelihood. And, you know, if, if everybody was to all of a sudden boycott the NFL and the whole organization was to fall to shambles, yeah, these owners would lose money. But a lot of these owners, they don't just own football teams. Their money is coming from a myriad of places and the players would be asked out. But I can't support an organization who de- they just have no value for freedom of speech uh, it, it, freedom of speech is not a convenience. It's not a convenience. If you want to define a country and you want to hold the country accountable for its own rules, then you need to hold the country accountable for all its rules. Don't be waving a Second Amendment in my face every time a child gets murdered. But a but a, a, a grown man can't take a knee, which service members have indicated. If you're going to protest. That's the way they feel you should do it. They can't take a knee to stand up. Take a knee to stand up for young people getting shot in the streets. Just people. It's not just young people. Just people. I feel you. I'm not. I'm just saying. It's, it's people getting shot, yo. They interrupted as well. Yeah. You effectively pushed him off his soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was. T- I'm, I'm sorry. It was I just, just I, poorly I, timed, I, man. It was, it was horrible timing. <laughs> it was just poorly I'm, I'm timed. It's the worst, worst timing. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to step away from the mic. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm done <laughs> can't with catch it. You can't catch it. You can't catch it back. I, I feel like I had a rhythm. <laughs> I had a cadence going. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. If you're, if you're an NFL player and you're feeling conflicted about you know, how you should carry this. Just know that, you know, we support players who want to do the right thing by freedom of speech, but they feel conflicted because they want to still be able to feed their families. And it's not an easy decision. You start paying fines. Every NFL player is not making millions and millions of dollars in contracts. So, you know, it it may be a tough decision for you, but we love y'all. You know, and hopefully, you know, y'all y'all will find a way through this and the league will straighten up and get some of their problematic policies in place. Um, but until then, shall ne'er NFL game grace any of my televisions. Who do you go back if they do? I mean There's always a chance. I look, like Christy said, I, I have the capacity for forgiveness, you know. <laughs> capacity. <laughs> yeah, I have the capacity for it. I've forgiven many people for many things. So I, fuck with them now. I have received forgiveness for wrongs that I have done. Everybody right. can change. Everybody can grow. 
But some people can get these hands. I mean, we I'm not wearing <laughs> forgiveness on my sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't eligible. Lee, for you it. gonna come back to the mic, man? You no, just, just gonna sit over. And, and I feel like, you know, we all gotta make decisions for ourselves. You know, whether or not you kneel at this point in the NFL is a financial decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, you know, niggas like Dak Shepard need to shut the fuck up because that right there, mm-hmm. that is black on black crime that I'm gonna talk about. You know what I'm saying? Black people commenting on other black people's social activism and trying to get them to tone it down some because it makes them uncomfortable. That is black on black crime. When you work that for the biggest slave master. And it will not be tolerated, which is why he is shown in his sunken place. You know what I'm saying? Until the paint flakes on the side of a building somewhere, because the reality is everybody need to be reminded. You know what I'm saying? That like this ain't a game out here yeah we all got to make personal decisions but at the end of the day either you playing for team freedom or you ready to be oppressed amen so we're gonna go play for team dinner (laughs) (laughs) wrap this thing up like fajitas shout out to insecure that's coming back on sunday on the record that there need to be snacks there oh i'm he did ask i had a banana and I ate it in a way that makes hotels feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you disrespecting yourself. My black queen. I did not cut it. <laughs> you need a goodie. Right. So, wrapping this thing up today is me, T Rich. S double. Coming to us from the corner. Leave into the third decade adventure park. God, you sound like you're in trouble over there. I mean, he put himself. He, in the no corner. one, no one sent him to, him to the corner. He was invited back to the mic, and he's like, "No, I'm staying in the corner." Signing off from somewhere. Hey, Savage, have a good I'm sorry. Very quickly, make sure that you check us out on all our social media platforms. Uh, we're also available on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and various other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Love yourselves. Love each other. <laughs> <laughs> love, and, and love. Love. Love the bitchy parts. Love the bitchy parts. Love Lee Benedict. Send him some. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Send him love. Just, just put me in solitary. All right. Send him pictures of cut up bananas. Appreciate stay plus. Stay woke. <laughs> cut up bananas. Stay woke. That would be a funny ass like. Thing, man. Like, why am I getting? <laughs>